Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Suns insider Kellen Olsen joins Burns and Gambo to talk Phoenix Suns basketball. Hey, Kevin. Uh, Kellen Olsen, Arizona Sports. Nice to meet you. Welcome to the Valley. Uh, oh, yeah. Can you say it again? I'm Kellen. Welcome to the Valley. Nice to meet you. Courtside with Kellen. Brought to you by Southwest Gas. Committed to exceeding expectations today while innovating sustainable solutions for tomorrow. So we to visit with Kellen Olson as he joins us in studio here on the Burns and Gambo show. Kellen Olson, our son's guru. Uh, son's not back at it until tomorrow when they take on the Houston Rockets. As Kellen is, you, you find a pair of headphones that work over there? A little worried about you. <laughs> Campbell, Kellen's struggling right now to find headphones that work. And since you're working from home today, I don't think he's going to. I gonna, can't say it. No, you can't. It's, it's, it's not. It. It's, oh, here comes Lauren to the rescue. Lauren is running in as fast as she possibly we can i've got headphones at work but they're really quiet really can you hear yeah it's not like the other co-host isn't loud or anything i think i'll be fine (laughs) hey gambo what's up all right let's talk about let's start this conversation by talking about bradley beal as lauren's bringing you a pair of headphones that should work just fine uh bradley beal is listed as questionable going into the houston rockets game tomorrow still dealing with the hamstring injury uh it's obviously been a problem maybe longer than we have expected for this situation kellen as i'm selling just a little bit uh i'm back we talked last week about bradley beal and how important it is that he plays a lot over these last few weeks feels like his hamstring is kind of messing with the equation a little bit right now yeah, sorry about that. That's okay. That I was like Ofer. I just kept grabbing headphones that didn't have sound coming out of them. That's never happened here. Live radio, I'm, it's the best. I'm prepared. Yeah. Oh my goodness, goodness gracious. Okay, Bradley Beal needs to. Yeah, he needs to start playing basketball games. We're at 24 games left, uh, and that's a, that's a crude way of putting it because he's been playing. But in order for them to improve, I think like the main checkpoint left is how it looks with Brad. How it looks like when he looks like Bradley Beal in this system and we just we've gotten two little minor stretches and guess what they've both been when he's avoided health scares it was pre-nose break and then it was um, I believe post nose break when he was still playing with a mask he had that great game against the Lakers and he had two more and then the hamstring comes up two games later and it's just he can't avoid these little spells and it's hurting the team in terms of how they are able to reach that next level and, and reach their potential that we all know they have. There's always a question mark with a lot of these guys, Durant included, Nurkic included. I think Nurkic has only missed four or five games, so he's been a pleasant surprise with his ability to stay healthy. It's Beal who has missed the most time, but none of it has been any like you know devastating injury. You know, like the you know we were really worried about. It. It's been these minor you know minor injuries that have kept him out, and he hasn't played a whole lot of basketball games now. You know, I looked at it at yesterday, Callan, like, you know, to get to the NBA Finals, you know, if you say six games in every series, I mean, it's that's 24 games. Uh, these guys haven't had a stretch where they played that many games together in a row. So, but that's probably what you're going to need if you're going to make a deep run into the playoffs. Gambo, you kept making a really good point either, I think, last postseason or two postseasons ago where we're also in a game every other day territory. And that really hurt Chris Paul in, in those stretches with how often the games were happening. Yep. So we were just talking about it on the Empire of the Suns podcast, too, where let's say they make it to the second round and that's like 12 games. Do I expect for all 12 of those games for the big three to play in all of those games? Maybe. But will they play in all of those games and look fully healthy? I- 
I think your your guess is no right now. If you had to make a guess, right? Like, will they miss games? I don't know because guys will just play through stuff at that point. Like we've seen book do it countless times now at this point. Right. But we just don't have that confidence gamble right now, and we're we're not going to. We're we're at we're in March. That was one of the main taglines we were going with over there. Like Friday, it's March. I kept saying but, when we when we were, go ahead, Gambo. Yeah, you you know my feeling on this, and it's that in order to win a championship, your best players have to play great. You can win the occasional game, you know, when your best players don't play well and you're role player but to you know to win you know 16 basketball games your best players have to play great and I don't know that they can win if it's just two out of the three if it's Booker and Durant or Booker and Beal or Durant and Beal I just I don't know if they can win that like I wouldn't I think that they can win if all three of those guys are healthy but I don't think they can win if one of those guys has to miss, like Chris Paul did, you know, several games in a series. Well, Burnsy, and that's the great dilemma with this team, right, is that if they play Minnesota or Oklahoma City in a series, the Suns have the two best players, I believe, in there. Shea's having an incredible year. It's no shade at him, but I just believe Kevin Durant and Devin Booker are, I believe Kevin Durant's top five guy in the league. I believe Devin Booker is a certified top ten guy in the league, and I believe Shea is right there. Some people have him top five. He's in the MVP conversation like he should be. I've just always been a guy predicated on playoff performance, but regardless, my point is, we can uh, sit here and have those conversations, and Gamble's making a lot of great points, and then at the same time, you're like, well, if you get the Devin Booker from last postseason, then you add in the Kevin Durant we were expecting last postseason, like who's going to beat them? And, and that's the type of potential that they have and why we sit here and say, yes, Minnesota is a better team right now. Oklahoma City is a better team right now. Clippers are a better team right now. But it's six or seven games, and you have Kevin Durant and Devin Booker in them. So you just can't count them out no matter what happens from here on out, as long as those two guys are, are healthy even, as long as those two are healthy. Yeah, it, it's it's but a deep run where now you're talking about the Nuggets, now you're talking about mm-hmm. the Clippers. To Gambo's point, I feel like that's where a, a Bradley Beal, that, that, that's, that's the difference, right? That becomes the next phase of this because I, I don't know if they're going to go as far as we would want them to against those two teams in particular without a Bradley. Bradley Beal out. There. You need one Bradley Beal game a series, I think, to beat any of these teams, right? Like, you need, like, that really great Bradley Beal performance. Like, with the way the team is constructed, you're going to need that every series. Uh, Kevin, uh, Kellen Olsen joining us here in studio. You've got a story up at ArizonaSports.com right now about the role players on this team. And I think it's appropriately timed given the game against the LA Lakers and how the role players played very well and, and how they were trusted to play very well. And I think that was kind of one of my big takeaways from that game. We saw the ball movement. We saw the ball popping the way we all want to see it popping. Is, is that trust going to be baked into this team and this roster when we get to March and when we get to the postseason, hey, Grayson Allen, you're open, shoot it. You know, hey, you, you, Royce O'Neal, you're open, that's your shot. you got to take that shot. How do you think that trust is sort of going to evolve over this last 24 games or so? I think it's already there, honestly, and that's part of what Book talked about after the game on Sunday is that, like, at the end of the day, him, Brad, and Kevin are really unselfish guys, and they're going to just make the right basketball play. So it's there. Now, if he passes it into the corner and someone turns down a shot, I don't think they're going to see the ball for a while. Like you got to shoot the ball when you have those opportunities to get it. And and these guys have been doing that. But you just look at this team and Gambo, we were talking about so much about like who's guy six, who's guy seven, guy eight on this team. And all right. of a sudden we, you watch that game. And you're like, they're missing two of the guys. I see the other six on the floor. Holy smokes. They have an eight man rotation all of a sudden. 
I can't believe I mean, Royce O'Neal was so good in that game. Amazing. And, and what they gave up to get Royce O'Neal is, you know, you just almost can't believe it now. But I'll continue to say, I, I just, I'm floored that these other teams didn't <laughs> give up a late first round pick to go get Royce O'Neal. Like, he's such a good player. Um, and he's actually showing a lot more here than he was with the Nets. You know, when you're on a winning team and you're asked to do a specific role, he's actually playing better now than he was with the Nets. Uh, but again, I'm, I'm just baffled by the fact that nobody prevented the Suns from getting him. I almost, you know, in baseball, a lot of times you see teams block other teams that nobody blocked the Phoenix Suns. But the emergence of Bobo, you got Royce O'Neal, Eric Gordon's going to be steady in the playoffs. You start to look at their, you start to feel like their rotation. Before they made the Royce O'Neal trade, who the hell knew? You know, no idea. Utah Watanabe, Goodwin, like you just didn't know. But I think now we're really starting to see what that playoff rotation will be. Kellen? We appreciate you stopping by. Again, your story about the role players up at ArizonaSports.com. We appreciate your few minutes. Thank you. I'm going to have my headphones ready next time, Gambo. Okay. Amateur hour by That's me. Right. I apologize. That's right. This is professional radio right Yeah. Here. Oh, Inexcusable. My Dude, bad. Good vibes only. Good vibes There's only, good vibes Gambo. Only. Good vibes only. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Kellen, it's all right. It's cool, man. It's all Vibes, right. baby. <laughs> That's what we're all about. Gambo, I'm impressed with you. It's You didn't... You, you're good vibes, Gambo. You're really carrying it over. I'm, <laughs> I'm impressed with that. We'll see how long that lasts. Yeah, not very. When we come back yeah. on the Burns and Gambo show, the latest mock draft from Mel Kuyper Jr. pretty much has chalk for the Arizona Cardinals, but it could go a different way, says Mel, and we'll explain how that could happen next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Hey, it's Jarrett. Bickley and Murata will be live from Salt River Fields tomorrow talking Diamondbacks. Tune in at 6 a.m. tomorrow on Bickley and Murata Mornings. You hump. Good vibes only, Gambo. That's it. Even when it comes to Jared Carlin's look-aheads. Good vibes only. I'm not going to say anything about Jared Carlin at all. We're nope. just going to, you know, good, good vibes. Good vibes. You yeah. haven't heard his second look-ahead yet, though. I will okay, say we things might change will the change. Good vibes. <laughs> do we ever find out why Benny was laughing like hysterically during his? No, no. Do we? Do we? Do uh-huh. we find that out? Do we get an update on that? Mitch? No, Not I didn't ask him. You didn't ask him. Um, also, I never see him. So well, that's I'd... true. That's true. If you missed it yesterday, uh, the look ahead. We call that's what we call what you just heard from Jarek Carlin. We call it a look ahead. We're looking ahead to tomorrow's show. We record them all the time here. For whatever reason, uh, Vinny Murata was just cracking up during his yesterday. We don't know why. But uh, normally we like to rip Jarek Carlin for his look aheads, but not today, Gambo. Good vibes only. Good, Good vibes. vibes only here on the Birds and Gambo show. Good vibrations. Uh, Mel Kuyper came out with his pre-scouting combine mock draft. I don't know if this is Mel Kuyper mock 2.0, 3.0. He's going to have nine or ten of them by the time it's all said different. done. Like, there's so many people do mock drafts, right? Uh, you know, uh, uh, Bucky uh, Brooks. Uh-huh. And, yeah, yeah. Like, you think of all the people that do mock drafts. And there is something about when Mel Kuyper comes out with his that I just think is different because the guys have been doing it for so long. I, I don't know if you feel the same way. Feel exactly the same way that you this do. This is just his is just different. Every, like so many people, it used to be he was the only one that did it, and now twenty people do it. You could find a mock draft every day from somebody different. But there is something about man when his comes out, it just feels like okay, I got to I got to check it out. I got to see what I got to see what he's seeing. You're one hundred percent correct. I, I you said it well better than I could. So Mel Kuyper's mock has the Bears taking Caleb Williams number one. Often either. <laughs> more it doesn't happen more happen often than often. you think. Hey, good vibes. Good vibes here in the. Bur- and Gambo show more often than you think, Gambo. You you say it so well that I I don't even need to repeat it. Commanders take Jaden Daniels number two. 
Kermel. Wow. Uh, he's, wow. He says it's tight. Wow. But he loves Jaden Daniels' fit with Cliff Kingsbury. He says it's tight between Jaden Daniels and Drake May, but he likes how Daniels fits with Cliff. So that's why he's got Jaden Daniels number two. Okay. He's got Drake May three to the Patriots. He writes, unless the Patriots make a run at one of the veteran quarterbacks on the market, like a Kirk Cousins or a Russell Wilson, assuming Russell Wilson's on the market. He's got the Cardinals at four taking Marvin Harris Jr., Okay, And he writes, if the first three picks break this way, I suspect the Cardinals will rush their selection to the podium. Harrison is an elite wide receiver prospect, all the tools, blah, 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 blah. Uh, But he writes this. Unlike in usual drafts when most trades up into the top five are for quarterbacks, I wonder if teams might try to trade up for Harrison. Would Arizona be able to pass up, for instance, a 2025 first-round pick to move down nine spots with Las Vegas? I'm not saying it would be able to get that haul, but it would have to consider a deal if it did, right? The looming question is, are the Arizona Cardinals a wide receiver away from contending? So there's there's Mel dropping a little bit of a breadcrumb. I don't know if he's heard that. I don't know if he's just thinking out loud, but suggesting at least at the very least that Marvin Harrison Jr. might be the kind of wide receiver prospect that a team would consider moving up to go get, in which case that could make the Cardinals in a prime position to move down and get an extra pick. Yeah, I, I, I'm fascinated by that because it would be two years in a row that the Cardinals were able to trade down for a player that's not a quarterback. Two years in a row, Will Anderson Jr. last year and then Marvin Anderson Jr. this year. They're in a, you know, they're in a good spot. We, we've, we've always talked about what teams want to get up to move up for a quarterback. Would anybody want to move up the way, you know, the, the way the Texans did last year? Would anybody want to move up? For a wide receiver. Would anybody want to move up because they think Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be the best receiver in the league for the next 10 years? Yeah, I mean, if I told you, I mean, didn't, wasn't it the Atlanta Falcons? It was a long time ago, but they kind of sold out their draft to get Julio Jones, if I remember right, didn't they? They thought he was that good, that he was And so, they were right. And they were right. He was, you know, yeah. Hall of Famer, one of the best ever. If a team's got that kind of a grade on Marvin Harrison Jr., I don't know if it's likely, but I think we got to sit here and say it's at least possible that a team might look at Marvin Harrison Jr junior and say, dude, that guy's Calvin Johnson. He is he is the next Calvin Johnson. He is worth a first round pick next year for me to make sure I go get him. And then I just wonder how interested the Cardinals would be in moving out of that spot. And I think the Raiders are picking, what do they say, 12th? I think it's, yeah, 12th. So they Or 13th. They would move down to 13th to, to, to get another play. Now at that point I would assume that Malik Neighbors is gone and Roma Dunze is gone. The other thing I took note from Mel Kuyper's mock is is that he's got he's got J.C. Latham, the tackle from Bama, going fifth. He's got Joe Alt, the tackle from Notre Dame, going seventh. He's got Olu Fashanu, the tackle from the Saints, going 14th. After Fashanu, he's got tackles or offensive linemen going 16th, 18th, 21st, 23rd, 24th, and 25th. That's his predicted run on the offensive lineman is right about the mid-teens. So you got to move up. To the mid-20s. And you got to move up if you're so going to have to move up. Yep. You're going to have to move up to get one of those tackles. It's interesting who he had as the first tackle taken. I know you just hit on it, but I was a little surprised at that because I think everywhere else they kind of like Alt yeah. or Fashanu, and he didn't have either one of them with the, with the Chargers pick. 
I was, was interesting. I was to surprised me. by that too. Cardinals, they he's got the Cardinals with their second first round pick, taking a defensive lineman, Darius Robinson, um, with their pick. So that that's what he's got them doing at number twenty seven. In the meantime, no Bo Nix in the first round of Mel Kuyper Jr.'s mock draft. But I know you saw a story, and there's been a lot of buzz. I think he is going to be one of those guys that a lot of – he's going to have a lot of eyes on him in Indianapolis this week because a lot of teams might think he is the fourth-best quarterback available in this draft. So I brought this up because of the the news that came out on how the Cardinals were doing some extensive work on Bo Nix, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. You would never take – I don't think that anybody's taking Bo Nix in the first round, but you don't know. But there was a story on – CBS Sports about ranking the five best fits for Bo Nix. And these are the, these are the five uh, going for, in reverse order. They had the Browns using the 54th pick to get him. The Patriots using the 34th pick. The Vikings using the 42nd. The Dolphins the 55th. And the Steelers, they say, is the best fit for Bo Nix. They have him as 51st overall. Now, the Patriots need a quarterback. The Vikings need a quarterback. The Steelers need a quarterback. You could debate whether the Browns or the Dolphins do, right? But they may be in that. They both of those teams may be in a situation where, okay, look, we like Tua, but we're not a hundred percent sold on him. And the same thing with the with the Browns. They might be like, okay, if we can get a quarterback there, we just we might have to do it. So that was interesting to me. All of the picks are in the second round, all of them. So nobody here projected first round for both. Knicks, so I am going to be really interested to just watch him, you know, throughout the draft. Yeah, and we'll talk a little later on the show about all the social media love that Kyler Murray continues to get from the Cardinals organization. Is is that, you know, because people are trying to float that the Cardinals might be looking quarterback? You mentioned the Bo Nick speculation from over the weekend. Cardinals, you know, and we're out of time. I'll play it a little later. Um, do need to find a backup. They need to decide whether Clayton Toon is their backup quarterback. You and I both agree strongly that the Cardinals need to find a veteran backup quarterback to Kyler Murray, but presumably that guy would come in free agency. So that's something that we'll talk about over the course of the show. When we come back, though, on the Burns and Gambo show, the Suns made a really big swing this offseason. Well, they made two. One with Bradley Beal. They made another with DeAndre Ayton. Has that swing paid off? We'll talk about about it next on the Burns and Gambo show. Hey, it's Luke. What have the Phoenix Suns learned since the last time they played the Rockets? We're getting you ready for Suns Rockets tomorrow at 10 a.m. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. We welcome you back to the Burns and Gambo show on this Wednesday. Suns Rockets tomorrow. Suns have a busy weekend. Suns Rockets tomorrow. Suns Rockets on Saturday. And I believe that's the Amari Stoudemire Ring of Honor night. I think Saturday against the Rockets. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, and then they have the Thunder on Sunday. And that's that Thunder game, Gambo, is the first... Okay, here we go with the schedule. That's that's the first night where oh. really the screws get get tightened quite a bit starting on Sunday with the schedule when you've got the Thunder. So it's a it's a big couple of games with the Rockets left before they play Oklahoma City and the schedule really ratchets up starting on Sunday night. Yeah, better not take Oklahoma you better not take Houston lightly. Like, you know, you got beat by them and that should have never happened. You can't afford for you can't afford for that to happen again. Oklahoma City is going to be a great test. They're young, they're athletic, they run, they space the floor as good as anybody. 
Like that team, good test. They get up and down the court. That's going to be a fun. That's going to be a fun matchup. Yeah, and then I believe. Then I know we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here, but I'm just kind of going off the top of my head. I think the next game after the Thunder game is the Nuggets. So I mean, that's like it's really it's like go time on the schedule. We, we've is been, that one in Denver? I don't. Okay, don't worry about no. it. No, Mitch, do you know if next Tuesday's game is in Denver? The Den- Nuggets actually don't come back to Phoenix, so they should both be in Denver. It's it's at yeah. Denver. Yep, it's yeah, at Denver. So good at home. Yeah. They're just so good at home. So so away we go with the Phoenix Suns. Now, for the Suns and their ability to compete against this tough part of the schedule and kind of give us this playoff preview, uh, obviously the roster has to be firing on all cylinder top to bottom, and that includes two of the role players who I call them role players, but they're they're part of really the big six right now of the Phoenix Suns. There's a story, and I'm not sure what website it was from, but it was uh, making points about the NBA. And one of the points they wrote about was the Phoenix Suns and how their big bet paid off. And when they wrote about their big bet, they weren't talking about Bradley Beal. They weren't talking about trading for Bradley Beal and taking on that contract. They were talking about that big bet of trading DeAndre Ayton for essentially Yusef Nurkic and Grayson Allen. And how at the time it seemed like kind of a risky venture and that maybe one that they were going to lose because they weren't getting the talent back. They knew exactly what they were doing when they traded out DeAndre Ayton for Yusuf yeah. Nurkic and Grayson Allen. It, it was actually a Fox Sports okay. um, website. Three points. The Suns' big bet that talked about the Sixers' $40 million man and the Thunders' death lineup. And the point on on the the Suns' trade was was an interesting one, which we've talked about before. Um, but, you know, they talk about how Aiton, you know, just putting up middling numbers for a lottery-bound team. He hasn't changed that team's outlook at all. Like them getting him, obviously they gave, they moved on from Damian Lillard and, and, and Yusuf Nurkic. They couldn't win with those guys. And they started over and they were the team willing to take on a younger DeAndre Ayton on a max contract for a couple more years and basically saying like it just hasn't done anything. He hasn't really done anything to change them at all. And then you look at Nurkic and this is where they were really surprised because they're saying he's playing some of the best basketball of his career, points and rebounds per game. It's no coincidence that the Suns have been 14.1 points better per 100 non-garbage time possessions. I like that they take out garbage time. I do like that. And uh, the other thing, they said uh, that they're 0-4 in games without him. Mm-hmm. So when they don't have him on the floor, and that one I kind of didn't realize, you know, I didn't put two and two together there, that in the games Nurkic is missed, that he they haven't won any of those games. Yeah, Devin Booker actually made that point after the Lakers game because he, he had that big 18.22 rebound performance against the Lakers on Sunday afternoon. And it was Book after the game who, who I don't know if he knew the answer, but he kind of said, I don't think we've won a game where he didn't play. And as it turns out, they haven't won a game where he didn't right. play. I I go back. This is how good this trade was for the Phoenix Suns. I actually go back and forth almost on like a day-to-day, week-to-week basis. I go back, to, back and forth on which player I like better out of the DeAndre Ayton trade. Like, you catch me on the right day, I'll say, it's, oh, it's Grayson Allen. It's the Grayson Allen trade. Oh, my God, look at what he's doing. Look at how he's playing. Look at the the glue he's been for this roster. Then you get me on a day like Monday, coming off the Lakers game, and I'll say, no, it's Yusuf Nurkic. Oh, my God, look at how dominant he was and how, how much he helps on the boards. and how well, I think that's a good thing. I think that's a good oh, thing it's, that it's not one, that it's two guys that yeah. you can debate. No, it's, it's, I'm not saying it's a bad thing at all. I'm saying, like, there was a – I think we even made, like, a promo out of it for our show like a month ago where I said, man, we shouldn't even call it the DeAndre Ayton trade. We should call it the Grayson Allen trade. 
Well, you know, Yusef Nurkic is like, hey, hold my beer, man. Let's call it the Yusef Nurkic trade because it, it, it yeah. just feels like it flips on an almost when they win. It feels like one of those guys has done something extraordinary to make you think the Suns crushed this deal. I mean, absolutely crushed this trade with what they got for DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, I remember when, and I think you do too, when I first kind of broke the news that the that the, there's there's going to be a DeAndre Ayton trade to Portland if Damian Lillard gets traded, keep your eye on Nurkic for Ayton. I had a lot of negativity about that, like a lot of negativity. Um, people that were not happy, like Yusuf Nurkic, oh, he's always hurt, he's old, he's slow, he doesn't play any defense. And But the Suns liked them. Like, they liked them. They were not going to move on from Aiton, you know, for somebody that wasn't going to be better a better fit for them. Now, we talked a lot about the fit. Like, okay, he may, not be, he may not be as young, he may not be as athletic, but, you know, his fit may be better with the Phoenix Suns. Well, I think it's twofold. I think the fit has absolutely been better. And then I think that's a surprise of many. He's actually been a better player than DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, no, I, I remember people being critical of it, too, because I think they were looking at DeAndre Ayton's upside versus the known quantity in Yusef Nurkic and, and say, OK, yeah, he might be a better fit, but we all know who the better athlete is. We know who the better rim runner is. We know who the, you know, the, he's, he's a former number one pick. He's just he's a better basketball player than Yusef. Nurkic. That has not been the case. And and I will admit to being a little... It's funny. I was actually more skeptical about this deal than I was about the Suns getting Bradley Beal. And yet I would submit to you and everybody else listening that I think the Suns... That this is more of a home run for the Suns than the Bradley Beal deal is. I mean, the trade for Bradley Beal was a no-brainer, obviously. You didn't give up that much to get him. But obviously you were assuming that risk by taking all that money on. Given how infrequently he's been able to play, I, I don't know if the Suns have enjoyed the success of the Bradley Beal trade the way they've enjoyed the success of the Nurkic and Grayson Allen trade. I, I think this trade has been better for them than the Beal trade because Beal just hasn't been available as much, whereas Nurkic and Allen, they play all the time. I mean, you talk about Nurkic and that injury history, it is, knock on wood, it has not been a problem for him so far this year. Not at all, you know? No. No, no, not at all. I think that's it. And, that, and that's been the key, right? With so many guys, you know, being being hurt, and especially Bradley Beal, Nurkic, who came in with, okay, this guy misses a lot of games. I get it. He misses a lot of games. Um he has been healthy and he's been active yeah. and you know and listen he can set screens his passing skills have been great his hands have been great um, doesn't move the best there are t- listen there are which it's matchup oriented there are matchups where 100%. he doesn't play a whole lot in the fourth quarter 100%. so he like the overall he's been very good for them but there are still matchups to where like okay this is not what's best for the Phoenix Suns that he's on the court in the fourth quarter of this basketball game the other side of the equation is Grayson Allen and I, I clicked on this link today, and I, I somebody tweeted it, so I kind of knew what I was getting into. It's a free agency big board for the NBA offseason, ranking the the best free agents who might be available this offseason, who are at least scheduled to be available this offseason. They had Grayson Allen ninth on their list. They had Grayson Allen ahead of guys like Contavious Caldwell-Pope and Clay Thompson, DeMar DeRozan, he was ahead of. He was ninth on this list, which, by the way, included LeBron James, number one, Paul George, number three, Pascal Siakam, number four, Drew Holiday, number five. And and I, again, like, like a lot of Suns fans, I have that thought. 
Thank goodness the Suns have the ability to keep Grayson Allen, but goodness gracious, is it going to be expensive. Not that that's ever stopped him from doing anything ever, but it is going to be expensive (laughs) for Matt Ishbia to keep Grayson Allen if that's what he wants to do, and yet I don't know what choice he has when it comes to Grayson. Yeah, I mean, if he's been such a... A, a good player for them. I don't know where they would be without him. He has saved their ass so many times, um, knocking down wide open shots. Uh, defensively, obviously, there are limitations to what he can do defensively. Sure. Um, he's not very good. But offensively, you know, what they wanted to create this this great offensive team is they needed some spacing on the floor with guys who could knock down shots. And Eric Gordon and Grayson Allen have been the guys that have given it to them. Those two guys have done a great job of being able to knock down those shots. I, I, I said this a while ago when when Grayson Allen's name came up a lot. Oh, they're going to trade. They, they weren't trading Grayson Allen. In fact, I said they'll probably try to keep him as long as he keeps playing like this. And it's only, you know, it's it's only money to them. And and yeah, they'll have to pay the tax. But I don't think, like you just said, I don't think that really matters. If they think that he can help them win, they're going to do it. Texas, your thoughts on the FanDuel text line right now at six twenty six twenty here on the Burns and Gambo Show? The Arizona Cardinals went and did it again this morning tweeting about Kyler Murray being their franchise quarterback. There's part of me that wants to say, we get it. He's your franchise quarterback. But then there's also part of me that wants to know why they're so obsessed with telling everyone he's their franchise quarterback. We'll try to get to the bottom of this next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Hey, it's Wolf. How will the NFL Combine impact what the Arizona Cardinals do in free agency? We get going tomorrow at 10 a.m. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. All right, welcome back on this Wednesday edition of the Burns and Gambo Show. Thanks to everybody out there who's hanging out with us. We appreciate it. Um, I, I... I imagine at this point we're just being kind of trolled a little bit because it's getting so much attention and nobody can quite understand why it's getting so much attention. But there was another Kyler Murray tweet in the last 24 hours from the Arizona Cardinals in which they're they're proclaiming as loudly as possibly they can. Gambo, he's we got our guy. We got our franchise quarterback. The, the, the latest one is it's like a painting of a photograph of Kyler Murray. So it's very realistic. And it just says the one and only. And then it's a picture of Kyler Murray, a painting of Kyler Murray, if you will. Um, This on the heels of a tweet that came out a couple of days ago in which they declared him our franchise quarterback with like three pictures of Kyler Murray. And everyone's just trying to figure out. Like I say, at this point, it just kind of feels like, oh, it's getting us all this attention. We're just going to keep doing it because you guys are going to keep talking about it. But it does. everyone's like, what is going on? Why, why do the Cardinals feel this need through their social media accounts to keep reminding everybody of that which we already seem to know, right? Two things. Two things come to mind. Okay. One is that they're just trolling everybody since the Bo Nix information came out. Like they're, they're just trolling everybody. And two, maybe they got wind that the report card was coming out and it still wasn't a great report card and improved a little bit. But it's like you try to take some attention away from the fact that your owner got an F. Maybe. Like, I mean, they didn't like they did improve in some areas. Like, I'm not saying they didn't. Good for them. Continue to improve. Continue to get better. We want you to. But you still got the owner got an F and like the food was an F and and like the, it still wasn't a great report card. No, I don't think you bring that report card home to mom and dad. Mom, look at my report card. I think that's one you try to like not show anybody and I, pretend it never came. You know, I know we're good vibes only on today's edition of the Burns and Gambo. So I think if there's anybody more qualified to 
tell our listeners what it's like to bring home a report card like that. I mean, you tell me. Is is that the kind of report card you take home to mom and dad and say, look, Ma, look what I got? Look, I, 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 I did tell you that. It's, it's just up, uh, upbringings are just, they, they really tell the story. Our upbringings were just different. Yes, they were. Mine and you. My dad couldn't read or write English. My dad, could, he can't write and, and he could sign his name and that was about it, but he couldn't really read or write. So to my parents, like a, I, you know, did you pass? Yeah, I passed it. I passed it. I passed the class. Oh, great. You know? Yeah. And like A, B, C, and D didn't mean anything, but pass and fail did. You don't want to fail. That was, you didn't want to fail. So as long as you passed, like that was a big deal. To you, you brought home a B plus. Your father was pissed at you, you know? He was. He was. Yeah, I remember, they had high expectations I, for you. I remember. Like, you know, there was no high expectations for me. I can, as, as for as long as I live, I can remember my late father. I brought home a report card. This is back in elementary school where it was like all, I don't even think they used letter grades at that point. I think it was like numbers where like either one was the best and then two, three, four or it was the other way around. Four was the best and then three, two, one. Either way, I had like straight what were A's except for handwriting, all right? This is elementary school, handwriting. I had like a B and I can, to this day, I can still remember my dad, clear as day. Well, got to work on that handwriting there, son. That's, that's not good. And like, what, yeah. I was like, and, look at the rest of it. It's all pretty, it's pretty good here, dad. You know, okay. My handwriting's not up to par, but we'll work on that. It's like, geez, you know? Yeah. And so I could not do script to save my life. Like it was just my brain and writing and script never worked. So in elementary school, my, my teacher just print it, just freaking, I can't read this. Um, so will you just print it? For me, yeah, you don't need to learn it like everybody else. You're good. Just print the damn thing. My cursor sucked too. Just absolutely sucked. Anyway, but but back to the point. It, it's it's um, you're right. Everyone's got different standards. Everyone's got and so for the Cardinals and their report card, it's being viewed as mostly positive. Just because it's not as bad as it was a year ago, we're kind of comparing it to that. As far as the Kyler thing goes, is is it partially because of the Bo Nick stuff that came out over the weekend that the Cardinals have done quote unquote extensive work on Bo Nix, that probably has something to do with it. Is it a distraction from the report card? That might have something to do with it. It could also be, too, that the Cardinals just feel like they want to reaffirm their commitment to Kyler because they know full well that every single time they get linked to a quarterback. Hey, the Cardinals met with this quarterback. The Cardinals were impressed with this quarterback. Whatever rumor or report right. that comes out of the combine, it's going to get blown up because people are going to, ooh, are the Cardinals looking at a quarterback? Yeah. And it's almost like they want to reassure Kyler, hey, no matter what you hear over these next four or five days, you you are our guy, and there's nothing so, for you to worry about. Here's what I think is going to happen, okay? Here's what I believe. I think they're going to do this with other players. I think this is just their social media team just highlighting a player. I don't think there's anything more or anything less. This week, it's Kyla Murray. Next week, it could be somebody else. Don't be surprised if next week they're doing something with James Conner or somebody else. And I think that that's probably what's going to happen here is that they will – start to highlight some of their key players. I mean, you may, you may be Buda Baker next week, um, but I think that's, I don't think that this is a Kyler specific okay. thing. I think you will see other players be highlighted in the coming weeks. Yeah, at the end of the day, it really is, 
it's not the biggest deal in the world. You know, we're, we're talking about it because it's interesting and compelling, and other people are starting to pick up on it too. National websites, national radio shows are kind of doing the same thing we are. Like, what, what's up with this? You know, I, I saw the Rich Eisen show basically, not in a mean way, but kind of mocked the Cardinals a little bit by tweeting about one of their producers exactly the way the Cardinals tweeted about Kyler. ProFootballTalk.com yesterday asked the question, well, why, why are the Cardinals, you know, what are they doing this with Kyler Fort? The words match up with the social media because Jonathan Gannon yesterday when he met with the media uh, was just, as you would expect, continues to just glow about Kyler Murray. Awesome. It'll be good for him. I know he's excited to go through OTAs, training camp, you know, preseason. Um, but, man, he's in there every day. But I think that, you know, I think you saw late in the year kind of where we evolved to and, um, you know, we'll pick up where we left off and then continue to expand for him what he's comfortable with and as always I thought Drew did a good job whoever we got in the fold make sure that we're highlighting their skill sets and uh, but the the, the game will go through one. Everything they're saying on social, everything they're saying when they're speaking with the media, when they're talking on the record has been nothing but positive, positive, positive when it comes to Kyler Murray. And I'll tell you, they also got a little bit of good news, too, I think, when it comes to Kyler. With that salary cap number coming in higher than everybody thought, it really lessens the impact of that giant Kyler Murray contract on their salary cap because everybody got so much more cap space. That does help when it comes to Kyler and how much of a percentage of the cap that he's taking from them these next couple of you years. Know, one of the benefits to him real, like really working out is the ability to say, okay, we know he's going to be here for a number of years. We can kind of rework this contract you know, to our advantage. So if you don't know the guy's going to be there, you never want to do it. <laughs> right? Because you don't, you don't want to kick that much money down the road. And But they always have the ability to free up some money with that contract or you know, to rework it a little bit. But you really only want to do that if you, if you believe that this guy's going to be here for a number of years. Yeah. When we come back here on Burns and Gambo. We're at the turn. It's four o'clock. So we're going to get you caught up in everything going on in sports. The four o'clock reset is next here on the Burns and Gambo show.